So if you want to turn to Galatians, which I know it's not Acts, but Galatians chapter 5. Woke up this morning and printed my notes out. And my notes tab opened up on my computer. I was strolling through and I I saw this note that I wrote uh, many months ago, um, thinking about Acts chapter 5, and this is Galatians, we talked about this a few months ago, but Galatians 5 verse 7, it says, you ran well, who hindered you from obeying the truth, this persuasion does not come from him who calls you, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Verse 16, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lust." against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Kind of heard about that this morning in Acts chapter 7, in Act, or sorry, uh, Romans chapter 7 and Romans chapter 8, talking about, I know the things to do, but yet I don't do them, uh, and I do the things I do not want to do. Paraphrase, that's not a quote, but that, that kind of concept. And we see that uh, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, so this Galatians chapter 5, think about uh, those things as we dig into Acts chapter 5. You did run well. Who persuaded you from obeying? Uh, what changed in your life? Uh, and then he calls us to walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. So we'll get there in a moment. Uh, let's, let's open up uh, with uh, some review. So what have we been talking about? So each section, uh, I'm going to ask you guys uh, to, to, the, to this answer. Actually, before we start there, who was here last week? You can raise your hand on this one. You don't have to raise your hand maybe again. But who was here last week? I remember when I first uh, was... Uh, was getting into the message, and George got up here. Um, I was thinking in my head, how many people thought, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. This would be a great message for, for this person. I know Colin wasn't here, so I'll use it as an example. I mean, I, would, I really wish Colin was here. He really needs to hear this message about takers and fakers. Don't think you're a taker or a faker. But, <laughs> but did that cross your mind? You don't have to raise your hand on that. Um, but in my mind, I was, thought, I was thinking, I wonder how many people thought that. Oh, this would be a great message for somebody else. Well, I know in my heart, I'm glad I heard that message. That was a good message for me. Am I a faker or a taker? Um, and so it, it made me question and think and consider my life. What, had I, what have I been doing? Am I one of those people? people? So thank you for your message, George, last week. All right, so we've covered Acts chapter 1, we've covered Acts 2, 3, 4. What are some things, uh, what are some highlights in those chapters? So we'll start with this side over here. What are some things that we've been talking about? You can do any one of those four chapters. What, what's a highlight in one of those chapters, this group over here? Holy Spirit working in your life. I'll try not to hit anybody. Uh, this, this section, what's another thing we've been talking about? It's another big point in those chapters. Persecution. Ooh, ooh, I'm good at cornhole. All right, what else? This section. 
Dave, I heard you really like these. My son gave one to you at a basketball game. So who can beat Dave to the punch? Proclaiming truth, okay. What are some other big events that happened this section? Pentecost? Yeah, that's pretty big. All right, back to this side. Someone else? Who else? Come on. There's a lot of you over here. What are some things we talked about? Yes. Okay. Ooh, I failed on that one. Sorry about that. All right, what's another, what's another big event? The big four. The big four. There we go. Now we're digging somewhere. We'll talk about those in a minute. Ooh, all right. What else? This group. What is another big event that occurred? What was that? Deception caused death. Okay. All right, this group. Who's got something? Ooh, adding thousands to the church. There we go. Those are some good answers. You didn't turn it on for me, Gerald? Ooh, thank you. All right, so these are some things I know it's really small. Acts is a transitional book. So there's things that happened in the beginning of Acts that don't happen today. Um, this is really small, sorry about that. Um, so Jesus uh, promised the Holy Spirit. That's a huge event. The Holy Spirit wasn't indwelling fully inside of them at, uh, at that time. Uh, he came and he went. Um, and uh, now, uh, and then Jesus ascended. We see in John chapter 16 uh, that he uh, tells them that it is better for me to leave so that the Holy Spirit or the helper he uses uh, can come. Uh, um, Matthias, he uh, was chosen to play, uh, take the place of Judas. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. 120 names present. So I assume that includes men, women, maybe even children. I'm not for sure, but it just says names. Uh, Peter uh, had a sermon that caused conviction and repentance. And then 3,000 souls were added. So you would think that's 3,120 names at least. Uh, a lame man healed. Peter preaches again. 5,000 men in total uh, would, uh, would have been added or were in total at that point. So that's 5,000 men plus women and children. Peter and John were arrested. Uh, this is chapter 4 of Acts. And they were told not to speak the name of Jesus. Um, and then they were released. And what did they do? This is what Gabe encouraged us about prayer. They didn't go to McDonald's. They didn't go get their... Uh, their treat. They didn't go take a shower. They went uh, to their companions and went uh, to prayer to praise God. And they also asked for boldness. Super important because we see that boldness come into play in this chapter. We see last week that they are of one heart and one soul. They were a healthy church. There were two in the midst that were not healthy. Um, they were takers and fakers. 
uh, and those people were Ananias and Sapphira. Small again. I'll work on that next time. Um, four doctrines. So what this was brought up, the apostles' uh, doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and, and prayers, or prayer. Those are four uh, things that are needed in the local church uh, uh, that they need to be practicing um, uh, to be a healthy church. And then last week, we heard uh, George talk about uh, some of the aspects of a healthy church. They should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, there should, they should speak the word of God with boldness. There should uh, be unif- uh, unification. There, uh, the people should be unified. They should be of one accord, uh, one mind, uh, one heart. They have great power and witness. There should be witnessing going on. Uh, and they should have uh, great power in it because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we also see abundant grace. And that was seen in sacrificial giving. Uh, giving up of one's time or money, resources, or whatever that might be. So those are the few things. So a question uh, from last week. The, great, uh, the church's greatest threat is from, from where? Someone raise your hand. You guys are like all answering. I don't have that many. From within. If it works, there we go. It's from within, takers and fakers. And then finally, is this a true or false statement? You can raise your hand. Undealt sin gives Satan opportunity to influence your life and choices. It's true, all the way in the back. Ooh, hit the wall. Glad it wasn't the window. Don't throw things inside. All right. So that is our review. So we come to this point, and like I just read earlier, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? So in our life, uh, events happen. We all have events, occurrences that happen in our life, and we have to respond to it. Uh, and depending on how we respond to something, there's a different outcome. So. For mathematical people or science people, you have an event plus a response, it equals an outcome. I don't know if the speaking committee had this in mind, but I mean, they, the last time I spoke, I spoke about sin has consequences. Um, and now we're talking about obeying God rather than men. I don't know if they were trying to tell me something, saying, hey, Matt, this would be really good for you to study and, and read about, because these are things I need in my life. I need to realize that my sin has consequences, and depending on those things, how, I, how will I respond? David responded a different way, um, and depending on how David would have responded, there might have been different things um, that would have happened in his life. Um, so his response to what he did, they had consequences, and not only for him, but it also had consequences for his children. Um, and so that is something that we all have to realize. Sin doesn't just affect you, it affects those around you. And they can have long-lasting effects, not only for uh, your immediate family, but it could have, uh, for generations to come, uh, a cycle that uh, is hard to break uh, because of a sin that occurred in your life. 
So sin doesn't just affect you, it affects those around you as well. So let's turn to Acts chapter 5. You might already be there, I'll get there in a second. So Acts chapter 5. Verse, we're going to read verse 11 and 29. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. Verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful this morning that we can open your word. Father, help us to have ears to hear. Uh, Father, um, if our heart needs uh, conviction, Father, convict our heart. If our heart needs encouragement uh, or stirring up or um, continuation of the things we're doing, Father, please uh, work in our life. Um, Father, we're thankful for the spirit that you have given us uh, uh, who know you. Um, and uh, Father, stir our hearts uh, that we might uh, be like your son um, more and more every day. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. So let's read this first section. So Acts chapter 5, verses 11 through 16. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter falling by might might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So this is our first event that occurs in this section, and there's a response. The, the event is, um, the, event, the event is Ananias and Sapphira both had died uh, due to lying to the Holy Spirit. So I know that was kind of in the last chapter, but the response is in, is, is in this section, or last, earlier in the chapter that we didn't read. But that is, the, that is the event, the event that Ananias and Sapphira died. So the response from the believers is that their faith was, straight, their faith was strengthened. We see that the apostles continued doing what they were doing before. Uh, the people continued doing what, what they were doing before. The believers did. We see even some of the unbelievers were continuing to do what they were doing. Um, they kind of held back a little bit, but, um, but they still highly esteemed um, the believers um, because of, uh, of their testimony. The outcome, because of them continuing doing what they were doing, uh, is we see, um, or their response is that, one, they continue doing what they're doing. As I said, the apostles continue to perform signs and wonders. Non-believers have seen them highly. An increased number of men and women uh, were added. Uh, just to note, this is the first time that women were included in the number that were mentioned. Uh, women have a vital role uh, in the local church. 
Um, we have different roles, men and women, but women uh, are extremely important as well. Um, so uh, we see that throughout uh, Luke and throughout Acts. Uh, Luke mentions uh, women uh, multiple times in, in the, in the uh, effect that they had uh, to the ministry. Um, and so we're all important. Men and women are important in, uh, in, in God's family. Uh, and so it's important to, to lay that out. And then we have something else that is amazing due to the apostles continuing to obey. It says that all the sick and demon-possessed people were healed. Sorry, Colin, I'm picking on you. Hey, Colin, do you heal every single person that comes to you? Almost. almost. <laughs> he almost heals, but he didn't, he didn't say all. Wouldn't that be an amazing, we'll say doctor, if a doctor could heal every single person that comes to you? I think there's some doctors that tried to do that, uh, so they only pick ones that they know maybe they can you know, heal, but I don't think that there's probably a doctor out there who's done it for a long time who has healed every single person who has come to them, because at some point, everyone does die, but everyone that came to them were healed. That is an amazing, wondrous event that occurred. And that was only through the fact that the Spirit uh, was working in and through them. The apostles had the power uh, because of uh, the Holy Spirit uh, to perform these things. There's nothing that they did in and of themselves. None of these apostles were... um, gifted on their own accord, they, were, they had this power because of the Holy Spirit, because God granted to them the ability to perform signs and wonders, and something that he had mentioned before he uh, left. Uh, he had mentioned um, earlier um, in his ministry that, that they are going to be doing these things, that they are going to be performing great signs and wonders, and now it's coming to be, it's, it's coming to, to, to happen in their lives. So event, response, outcome. We'll take a few moments. What would it have been if, uh, if, if there wasn't a healthy church? What would have happened? Think in your minds. What would have happened if the church wasn't healthy at this point in time? If they were not all of one accord, what would have happened? You know what would have happened? There would have been dissension. There would have been a split of believers. I've seen it. Seemingly healthy churches and some uh, event um, occurs, and they split over it. Uh, that could have happened. There could have been people in that meeting that said, you know, Ananias was my best friend. Like, he, he, like I did everything with him, and, and now he, he's dead? Like, that's not fair. You know, uh, what else could have happened? I mean, um, they've could have, they could have been fearful um, which there was a great fear, but I think it was a godly fear of everyone kind of having a gut check, like, am I faking it or am I a taker? Like, do I actually believe what, what was shared? And that's, I mean, we, we see people that they esteem them, but yet they stayed away because, hey, it's a big deal. Like, I could die if I'm faking it. Like, Am I really a believer? And so, um, and so we have that could have occurred uh, or did occur, and, and, and 
there's people who stayed back because of it, because they really weren't believers. They didn't believe fully the message. But, um, but there's many events that could have happened, or many responses that could have happened that could have changed uh, the course, you could say the course of history or course of what was written. But it didn't because they were filled with the Spirit and they were walking in the Spirit. They weren't walking in the flesh. They didn't have pride. They didn't have, well, you know, you know, whatever they might say in their minds. They were walking in the Spirit, and they were healthy. Uh, they were a healthy body, and, and, and they saw that what was done was right. Um, it, was, uh, it was the right thing that happened. And so I'm thankful for the example of what a healthy body uh, should should be and should should occur. I mean, there wasn't arguing amongst the people. Uh, they weren't, you know, storming the apostles or, you know, they weren't storming the, the elders that, uh, if you want to use today's uh, point of view, they weren't, uh, you know, rioting in, in front of the building. Uh, there wasn't, you know, um, there wasn't any of this dissension. There wasn't any of this uh, break in fellowship because of what occurred. Uh, they saw that it was right uh, and just uh, what was done, uh, and they said, you know, praise the Lord. And, and they continued uh, doing what they were doing before. Next one, 17 through 25. But when the officers came and did not find them in prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Sorry, I didn't read the first section. I read the next one, sorry. 17. Uh, when the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. And then the section I just read before. So the event that happened is that the apostles were arrested. They were put in a common prison. uh, And then the angel... Uh, came to them and told them to go stand in the temple and to speak to the people all the words of this life. That's the, that's the event that occurred. So the apostles had an option. How am I going to respond uh, to what's happened? I have, um, I have these high priests uh, and these government officials are telling me and putting me in prison. Um, and then I have an angel uh, of the Lord coming and tell me to go and speak in the temple and, and do something that they asked us not to do. So there's, a, there's an option here. 
what do we do? Do we obey men or do we obey, um, um, obey God? And so since they were walking in the Spirit, their response is, we have to obey God. God has told us to go into the temple and to uh, teach um, and share all the words uh, to the people of this life. So what did they do? They, they obeyed. They obeyed what God had told them to do. We don't have all the details of this story. Um, and I think if they would have complained or be like, well, how is this even possible? You know, we're, we're in prison. How are we actually going to go out into the temple and do these things? Uh, it doesn't say that. I think that if they did do that, I think it probably would share that. Um, it shares uh, some Peter's uh, doubt. Uh, but they didn't doubt. They saw the angel, and if he says go... They're going to go. Um, we don't know all the time that took place of when uh, or how long they were in prison for or, um, or anything they did in the, uh, while they're in the prison. Uh, we just uh, have part of the story. Um, but, we, but regardless of how much of the story we have, we see that they were put into prison. An angel came and they obeyed the angel because God said go. Uh, and they did, and that's what they did. The next morning, um, I don't know how long they are out of prison. It doesn't say that, uh, but uh, sometime at night, uh, during the night, uh, the angel came to them and released them from, from prison, um, and uh, they immediately obeyed. They went into the temple and, uh, and shared. So there could have been different outcomes. Uh, the, the, uh, the outcome that happened is that they were released miraculously. We see that the gospel was continued to be shared. The good news, uh, they were supposed to speak about this life, uh, the, the life of putting your faith in the Lord Jesus, uh, the life of a Christian. Uh, they went and shared those things. Um, but also an outcome uh, that happened is that they were arrested again. Uh, they got put back uh, I guess they didn't get put back in prison, but they went and had to have trial. Uh, they went and got taken back. That's a consequence. Sometimes uh, consequences for doing what is right, uh, there are consequences like that. Going to prison or maybe, maybe even dying for your faith. Um, so there are consequences to every action that we have. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. Um, but, um, but we see throughout Scripture that if we suffer for doing what is good for what the Lord has commanded, we can rejoice in that. Um, suffering for doing what is, uh, what is bad, uh, we have consequences with that. There's, there's consequences of sin. Um, and so uh, suffering for doing what is good, uh, the, these apostles, uh, Peter and John, they, um, uh, they knew that it had consequences. Not only were Peter and, and John, we'll learn about this later, not only Peter and John uh, were arrested. They were arrested the first time, but now all the apostles uh, were arrested and taken to, to trial. What could have been the outcome of that? Uh, if, what, if the, uh, what if Peter and John weren't walking in the Spirit? What could have been the outcome? The outcome could have been they could have stayed in prison. They could have waited it out. Um, but what if someone in that crowd there in the temple needed to hear about the Lord Jesus again, you know? Maybe uh, they needed to hear one more time. 
Uh, maybe they needed to hear from uh, a different point of view. Maybe, um, whatever the case is, God has purposes uh, for these events. Yes, they got arrested again, but at this point in time, uh, not only testing and um, strengthening the faith of Peter and John, um, but it, I'm sure, had a huge impact, and we'll see that in a little bit, a huge impact in the lives of those there in Jerusalem where they were, where they were teaching. So it could have been a completely different outcome if the believers, if Peter and John, decided not to obey. Uh, it could have been a different outcome. All right, 26 through 42. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. And when they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witness to these things. So also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. And then one of the council stood up, a Pharisee named, um, named um, Gamiel, uh, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all of the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourself what you intend to do re regarding these men. For some time ago, uh, Thetis, who rose up claiming to be somebody, a number of men, about 400, joined him, and he was slain. And all who obeyed him were scattered and, became, and came to nothing. After these days of the census and, the, uh, and drew away, or sorry, after, th after this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed, and, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded uh, that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing uh, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as Christ. So we have this last event that occurs. Uh, the apostles were arrested and, they were and the council commanded, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. <clears throat> so their response was, we ought to obey God rather than the men. In the last chapter, they prayed for boldness. Um, and I think they received that boldness. Um, and I think God granted that boldness to them. They, they were bold in their, in their response. <coughs> the previous uh, chapter, 
they said, um, and this is Acts 4, 19 through 20, it says, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the name or speak of the things that we have seen and heard. So previous, when they were arrested, um, they kind of posed the question to, uh, uh, to the council, um, hey, you judge, what is right? Is it better to, is it right to, to follow what you say or is it right to, uh, to, to do what God says? And so they posed that question and they said, hey, we're going to speak the things we've seen. Uh, we've seen and we've heard these things and so we, we can't help but not, not do that. What's your choice? Now, uh, they, uh, they posed the question again. They didn't give them an option of you think for yourself. You know, they said we ought to obey God rather than men. Uh, and they went and, and shared the gospel. Uh, so they had the opportunity uh, now because of with how they responded that they were able to, to share with the high priest and the, and the council and the Sadducees and all the, uh, and all the guards that were there. They got to share Christ with them again. What a great opportunity uh, to share Christ with maybe someone, uh, maybe a group of people that they wouldn't have a chance to before. They had open, uh, open doors uh, to go and uh, with, with one accord, all the apostles uh, sharing uh, these things with them. The outcome of, of their obedience to God uh, is that they, um, they are beaten. You know, I don't know how many lashes they received, if it was 39, if it was 10, uh, but it was more than what was uh, the previous time they were arrested. The previous time they got a slap on the wrist. This time they are beaten. Um, you know, it could have been to the full extent of their lives. We don't know that, but, um, but they were beaten for it. That was, that was an outcome of their response. Um, because they chose to respond that way, uh, they, uh, they were beaten for it. Uh, but you know what? It, it strengthened them in their faith uh, because they suffered for Christ's name. Uh, and, and what did they do in turn? Uh, they were even more diligent to speak daily in the temple uh, and to house to house. Uh, the gospel continued to go forth. Um, looking at uh, something even the, uh, the council shared with them, it says there in verse 28, Do we not strictly command you to teach his name? Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. It's, it's high praise that they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. Um, it wasn't just a little section, a little neighborhood that they shared with. They shared it with all of Jerusalem. Uh, and then they had to go out to, uh, uh, then they have to, go to uh, Judea and then su- to Samaria and then all the world. So they filled Jerusalem with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is amazing. That's a high praise. Um, I don't think they meant to praise them, but... They should have taken that as praise, like, hey, you've done a good job. You have, you have filled Jerusalem. And then they shared, what's also interesting is, says that they intended to bring this man's blood on us, talking about Jesus. Well, didn't they ask for that? They said, crucify him, crucify him, put this man's blood on us and our children. They asked for it, and now they're mad that they got it. Hmm. seems like they didn't remember what they had said. They kind of forgot about it because they were in the heat of the moment thinking about self, thinking about their, their own traditions and not uh, what 
what God's word has said, not what the Pentateuch has said, not what Isaiah has said, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ um, and what's going to happen. And, uh, and so they were thinking about self. So there could have been a lot of different responses with this. They, uh, the apostles could have said, ooh, we don't want to get beaten. Let's just say, sure, we won't speak the name and you know, just go on their merry way. Well, no, they, they did what was right, and they, you know, uh, but, and they had the consequence of it. They were beaten for it. Uh, but they knew that they had to obey uh, God rather than men. So there's a lot of different responses of, of how you could respond And so, how we respond today uh, depends on our worldview. Uh, do we have a biblical worldview? Do we have a worldly worldview? And there's lots of different types of world, worldviews. But this guy named David uh, Noble says, A worldview is a framework from which we view reality and make sense of life in the world. It's any ideology, philosophy, theology, or movement, or religion that provides an overreaching approach to understand, understanding God in the world and man's relation to God and to the world. How you view the world changes how you respond to the events of your life. And we talked about uh, these different individuals um, or groups of people. If they had a different worldview, they would have, had, would have responded differently. And so each of us, um, we are... Um, we have a worldview. We, 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 see world, uh, we see the world in different ways, maybe, depending on maybe what news station you watch, uh, how much social media uh, you scroll through, what type of music you watch, the slogans or ads that are out there, uh, culture in general, uh, define or um, help mold your, your worldview, maybe your friends that you hang out with, um, how much you read the Bible. Um, whatever, there's lots of other things that can mold your worldview and how you see the world. You know, if I say the phrase, uh, just do it, uh, what does that mean? Or, or who, who put that out? Nike. What about have it your way? Burger King. Uh, what about um, think different? Anyone know that one? It's a little bit tougher. Apple. Um, What's another one? I don't think I wrote all of them down. Um, you're worth it. it L'Oreal, there we go. Is that a guy who said that? <laughs> nice. Love it. So there's a, there's a lot of different slogans that talk about self. Uh, have it your way, you know? Um, or another one was uh, you or uh, we can do it. Is that what it was? We can do it? I won't, never mind. I don't know if that's the right one. Um, so there's different things out there that mold our worldview. Music, music, for some people, there's, there's a lot, and we're not even going to get into music, there's a lot of things that are out there these days that are super popular, but it affects our worldview. It affects of how we see the world. Um, there's things out in this, in this life that, um, that changes our perspective um, and changes the things that we want and desire or, or how we men see women uh, or women, how you see men. Uh, does it follow what God's word says? Because what this world has out there and 
and spewing at us is not necessarily what God wants for us. There might be aspects of it, um, but in the grand scheme of things, no. Uh, what does the Bible say? What does God's word say about what a marriage should look like? Um, maybe even what type of job you should have or where you should live. Um, you know, God cares about these things. Um, we get choices, and, um, but uh, he does care about him. Uh, he, he does care about these things. Uh, God does care what you do uh, on, your, um, on your free time. God cares about what you do uh, for work. Uh, God cares uh, all about these things. Uh, we all have different jobs. Um, but uh, there's a good friend of mine uh, um, who's now passed away. But um, Sonny Williams, he, he would share with our staff because uh, the staff would be like, hey, I want... Uh, I want you know, a lifeguarding job, or hey, I want a council, and um, you know, I don't want to be on gym crew, I don't want to be in the kitchen, but uh, he would share with, share with them, it doesn't really matter what job you have. If you are a lifeguard, uh, if you are uh, on the grounds crew, if you are in the kitchen, um, every single one of those jobs are just as important as the one that is... Um, that is counseling, you know, and because people, a lot of people want to counsel, uh, and you know, hey, you know, I, I want to be able to share my faith. And it's like, well, you can as a lifeguard, you can share your faith, you can talk to campers, um, you can, you know, in the kitchen crew, you can have a great spirit and a joyful attitude, and you do have opportunities to speak with campers. It just depends on how you view things, if it's just a job or if it's a tool to go and share the gospel. So we all have different jobs. You know, I have a tool. Uh, I, um, um, I work uh, as a carpenter. You know, I have an opportunity to, uh, to live out my faith uh, amongst the people I work with. And thankfully, I have a lot of believers who I work with. And so I'm able to talk with them about the Lord. Uh, and I have be- uh, people I work with that aren't believers. Or I have we have clients who aren't believers, and they're hard to deal with sometimes, but showing them the love of the Lord Jesus and how I respond when they don't respond kindly to me uh, affects them. You know, it might not affect them immediately, but it can have an effect. Or if you uh, work at John Deere, you know, how do I use my faith um, uh, in the workplace? You know, it might not be standing on your desk and preaching to everybody, but living out your faith and doing things that are right uh, affect others. They see uh, this world has no worth e- uh, work ethic. Uh, they, you know, uh, only want what's best for them and not for others. And so the way that you treat others, the way you respond to others, the way that you live your day-to-day life affects people. Um, so yes, you know, uh, we're not all like George. We're not full-time workers, but we have just as much responsibility to share our faith and live a life pleasing to the Lord that, um, um, that, that George has. Um, full-time workers and people who have secular jobs, if you want to say that, it's important. Regardless of what aspect you have, God has us all in different places for different reasons. And we can reach different people because of our professions um, or maybe the mountain that we travel. Maybe we travel a lot. That means you get to go to a lot of different uh, hotels or gas stations or whatever it is, um, get to meet a lot of different people from all over across the world maybe, Uh, you can live your faith out. Uh, If you have an opportunity to speak your faith, you know, praise the Lord. Uh, Do it. Uh, Ask for boldness. Ask for help. 
um, uh, in these things. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's spend time in God's word. That's how we can get a worldview. We can see the way that God um, sees this world, how the Lord Jesus uh, sees this world, um, and it will affect the way that we live uh, if we have the same mind as him. And the only way to get that is by being in God's word. You know, being here on Sundays, hearing God's word, uh, going to small group, going to whatever other Bible studies that are going on, spending time with one another, maybe even having a Bible study with coworkers. Being in God's word will affect the way that you see the world. And your life will change because of it. Um, and that's what we need in our lives. We need to be men and women who know what God's word says because what the world says, what we hear on the radio, what we hear on the news, uh, what we hear in music um, affects the way that we see the world because it's showing a different picture. And finally, we ought to obey God rather than, than men. You are running well, Galatians 6, you are running well. Who persuaded you from the truth? And, and maybe you, you aren't obeying God right now. Um, and maybe that's something that you need a, to, to talk with him about. Um, maybe as you have looked at your life from last week of, am I a taker or a faker? And, then, and now we see, um, hey, are we actually obeying God or are we obeying what, um, what man says, what man's traditions are? Or are we obeying uh, the, what God's word says? Let's close. Heavenly Father, we are thankful this morning for your word. Uh, Father, thank you for the conviction of my life uh, of how I need to obey you more uh, than, um, uh, than, than what the world's telling me. Uh, I need to uh, be obedient to what your word says. I need to be in your word more so I know it, what your word says. And Father, I pray for, for all of us that we would have... Uh, tender hearts to uh, listen to what the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us in. And Father, help us to be faithful in the things that you have asked us to do. And so we ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.